Welcome to the Wags of SEI podcast, where we discuss life, love, and caregiving after spinal cord injury, hosted by Elena Pauly and Brooke Paget. Our partner's spinal cord injuries are what brought us together, and our common bond as caregivers to quadriplegics helped us to create the advocacy group Wags of SCI, which is an acronym for Wives and Girlfriends of Spinal Cord Injury. We know firsthand the challenges that come with living this lifestyle, and our mission is to spread awareness and positivity from our unique perspectives. So join us each week as we tackle deeper discussions around being a caregiver and a lover to someone with a spinal cord injury. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Wags of SEI podcast. Here we go. The episode you're about to enjoy is brought to you by Anchor Medical Supplies. This company is very special to us as it is owned and operated by a quadriplegic. His name is Paul and his Wag of SEI, Jessica. They have been married for 22 years and they strive to provide the best service in the industry for catheters and ostomy products. Anchor Medical Supplies is based in Georgia, but work with nationwide Medicare, Medicaid, and many private insurance companies, including Blue Cross and TRICARE. They work with your doctor's office to get prescriptions organized and they bill insurance directly. They ship discreetly to your door without any hassles. They are passionate about advocating for those with disabilities. And most of their staff are individuals that have been affected by paralysis themselves. Their personalized services include monthly check-ins, expert advice, and customized products. This makes them a company we can really rely on and trust. They know the SCI life, and they understand how important peer support can be. If you aren't sure you want to change providers, subscribe to their monthly newsletter. Jessica curates the latest SEI news, new products, and advice so you can stay informed and connected. Just go to their website, anchormedsupplies.com, and fill out the easy form. Give Jessica and Paul a call today at 1-833-667-8669, or you can visit their website at anchormedsupplies.com and tell them the Wags of SEI sent you. Welcome back, everybody. So Brooke and I are super excited to do this episode today. Um, It's based on self-care. It's an interesting time right now because we are all forced to be at home um, and especially as WAGs taking care of other people. This is just so crucial, but so challenging, challenging, I would say. Hey, of course. And like we wanted to do this episode on self-care today because a lot of us were at home and now is the time to actually begin doing some self-care for yourself because you probably are experiencing a lot more time on your hands or you have the ability to pick and choose what you want to do for your free time. For a lot of people, it's the first time ever. Um, Mm -hmm. So we wanted to jump on and and discuss this because it's really important in our community. And why is that, Elena? Yeah, because, (laughs) well, because women in particular struggle with I mean, self-care issues, although it's not like a women exclusive problem. Um, I feel like women are socialized to care for other people around them, um, by denying or, you know, minimizing their own needs, which I mean, we see with wags all the time and this can lead to kind of like an erasure of self-worth or a constant putting off of like rejuvenation and what you need. And I think sometimes it's really hard to start addressing that, you know, for us as women, like our own needs for support and nature nurturing. So I feel like this is just kind of one of those things that we have to tackle before it can lead into, you know, anger and resentment, which I feel like I have felt in my personal life mm-hmm. when when we start to kind of put our needs on the back burner and, 
you know, this episode is meant to be a good reminder that, you know, you are valuable, you are capable and deserving of putting yourself first. So I think in this episode, we want to explore ways to reconnect with ourselves, to make time for ourselves, and learn how to experience um, each moment in your day very mindfully. And I know that that self-care can kind of be like a buzzword. A lot of people are like, well, does self-care mean going for a mani-pedi? I can't do that right now. Does it mean going shopping? I can't do that right now. And I think we just want to say that self-care is any activity that you can do deliberately, deliberately sorry, to, to, to care for yourself, for your mental, emotional, and physical health. And yeah, it's an interesting time to be doing this right now. Yeah, and I think there's like a big... Um, misconception in our community, especially to women that don't have a lot of spare time for anything um, that we think, oh, as caregivers, you know, self-care is impossible because we have to put our partner first. And, you know, people will argue that people will say, well, I I can't have my own self-care because I have to deal with someone else. And it's like, you know, I think that's a, a big issue in our community where it's almost it's not an excuse. It's reality. We do have to put another person's needs before our own a lot of the mm-hmm. time. But, right. Right? And I mean, yeah. it's the truth. But that being said, it doesn't mean that you can't still prioritize your own self-care regardless of whose needs you're putting before um, your own. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I know for sure. Especially because um, our partner's needs are usually like they come on really quickly. Like, hey, can you help me do this? Or, hey, there's an, an emergency here, you know, with, I mean, spinal cord injury related um, emergencies, which can can look very differently. But I know that anybody listening right now, especially a wag, would understand anything from accidents out of your chair to not being able to reach something in your house for the injured person. But a lot of the time we spend our days kind of like, you know, we sit down, we jump up, we sit down, we jump up. And honestly, we love our men, but it can become very exhausting and so, so tiring that, you know, by the time it's bedtime, you're so ready just to pass out. And especially because we're so we're in isolation right now, caring for our partners and being really concerned about their needs and their health. First and forehand, um, that sometimes, you know, um, we we put ourselves kind of as the last priority. And during this time, we, we, A, have a valuable amount of time to do the work for ourselves and with ourselves. I know I've seen a lot of people on like social media saying, oh my God, I'm bored. Like, what do I do? Well, hey, guess what? This is the perfect time, not just for WAGs, but for all of us to learn how to balance or look deeper into how we can take care of our own energy, of our own emotional health, of our own physical health and mental health. I think it's also important to look at the word bored too. Like if you're saying that, if you're thinking that, what does bored mean to you? Does that mean that you, what? It's a good chance to look into yourself and ask yourself, you know, what does this mean? What it, what do what does this mean by bored? Am I right. needing to be entertained? And if so, what am I expecting? Am I needing to be entertained by others? Do I need to get out of the house to feel entertained? And kind of like looking at those questions, just like always asking yourself why? Why do I feel this way? Where is this coming from? What, like, why? And getting to the root of why you feel this way. Because, I mean, there's thousands of things you can do at home in your, in your isolation time, right? And it's all about perspective. Like, why? Why do you feel that way? 
Yeah, for sure. And, you know, we are, especially for those who are listening, who are extroverts, who like really enjoy the time being with, with lots of people. And, um, you know, this is particularly a very difficult time because we're so, I mean, I feel like I'm pretty extroverted. I love, I mean, I do love my, my alone time and I feel like you do too, but we're both like pretty social creatures. We enjoy dinner parties and working at coffee shops and interacting with like everybody on our page or ambassadors. But I feel like it's an interesting time to look at the fact that we put a lot of value um, of how we're feeling on other people as well. It's it's a good time to look at, you know, maybe maybe having relationships don't need to be so codependent. And why are we valuing time we spend with other people to make us feel good over ourselves doing the work and making ourselves feel good and I'm not saying one or the other is right or wrong I'm just saying what is that balance like how do we get to that place of balance where you know our value isn't based on interacting with other people yeah and I think that's a good point because when you speak about your value that's a good question to ask yourself too. Like just, I always, always go back to the why, why do I feel this way? So look at that situation for a second. You like going out with people. You like being social. You like what that does to your psyche and your body. You like that. So what is that that you like? What is that feeling that you're getting that you like? And there's so many ways to replicate that when you're at home in other ways. So I don't know. How do you feel when you're out and about with other people, Elena? Like when you're out going out to restaurants, what does that make you feel like? Well, I mean, I, you know, I obviously I'm a very firm believer in changing your environment. I I see that in my personal life. I see it with my partner that sometimes when we're cooped up for too long in one environment, we become a little bit stir crazy or, you know, maybe other thoughts or emotions and uh, patterns start to kind of rise up that we're not so comfortable with. And again, it's not saying that's right or wrong. It's how do we find ourselves, you know, sitting back and acknowledging these thoughts and patterns and why are we, let's say, particularly spending more time at home for a few days over other days, you know. And um, I personally love being outside. I, I'm a huge nature person. I love to be by the ocean. Um, I like my change of environment. So this has definitely been particularly difficult um, for myself. But, you know, there's there's so many different angles you could look at this, though, too. It depends. Are you going out to restaurants having a cocktail? Because that is a mood booster in itself, you know. (laughs) I mean, who doesn't love a happy hour? But also (laughs) interacting with your friends and just, you know, the communication you have between people and seeing their reaction to you, if they're smiling, you're smiling, obviously you're going to feel a bit more boosted as well. So this is a, it's a good time for, you know, doing some, some inner work. And like I was saying to you uh, just the other day, I was like, this is also a really interesting time to see what kind of addictive patterns and habits we can get into because we're in isolation and we're at home and just kind of seeing your routine from waking to going to bed. And what does that look like? Is it becoming so repetitive? Are you able to, you know, add something new to your routine or are you being pretty stagnant with, uh, with the same sort of pattern making habits? So I don't know about you guys, but what's that look like for you? I mean, I think, I think just in general, I've noticed with quite a few people and with myself, I feel like now is a time that people who are not necessarily 
extroverted um, and who didn't really realize that before are realizing, hey, I actually don't mind being isolated and by myself and alone and, you know, or with my partner. I actually don't mind this. This is actually kind of nice. I feel like it's like, it's like extroverts are, are going a little bit stir crazy, but then also people that thought they were extroverts are like, oh, wait a second, this is really showing me something about myself and, Uh and my life here. And so, you know, back to what you were saying about noticing habits and noticing things like maybe a big habit in your life was going out when you didn't really want to, and you didn't really realize that before. And you were more happy doing something at home or doing something with more peace or even adding more peace into your life when this is all over where like, you know, people are seeing how valuable it is to take this time that they didn't have before. And they're like, wow, I didn't realize I like this so much. So it's like incorporating that into your life once the world starts spinning again. Right. Yeah, so. no, for sure. Yeah. So, I mean, this would be a good poll to have for, <laughs> for our um, audience and see how everybody's kind of responding right now. You know, that being said, we're very, very mindful in this podcast um, for the people that are our first responders who who have no choice but to go out and into the world to basically keep us safe. So we want to give a big shout out right away to everybody who doesn't have the option to stay home. You are, you know, at the front lines, you're doing the work, the grocery store clerks, the garbage men, you know. Everybody who's out there who doesn't have this option, we just want to salute you and say thank you. And you are the heroes. And, you know, who would have thought that we would come to a a point in our lives where we're realizing that money isn't what's going to save us at this point. It's it's a lot of care. It's a lot of care, a lot of jobs that are putting their asses on the line for us. So big shout out. Thank you. We're wishing you guys that you stay safe as much as possible. And I, yeah, I feel like all those nurses and those first responders that are out, um, you know, working during all of this and being directly exposed and bringing things home and, you know, as terrible as a time it is for them, I feel like people that are normally bored or looking for things to do are looking at these stories and looking at these photos and, um, hearing about these situations of people who have no choice and are putting their lives on the line for others. And it's helping them to realize, oh, hey, I better step back a little bit and realize that I don't, I have a luxury to be bored. And a lot of people don't have that luxury. A lot of people can't just mm-hmm. stop working or they have essential jobs that can't be stopped and they have to do what they're doing because they want to help, but they also are, have no choice to. Um, Mm -hmm. So I feel like it really does contribute to society in that way, because people that normally would not put themselves in someone else's position are now looking at the situation and saying, wow, I need to be more grateful. I need to be more empathetic. And it's just like helping that level of understanding that I think is happening right now in society where people are people who are choosing to look at this situation and come together as a community and with understanding and empathy, I feel like there's a lot more of that going on right now, which is a really good thing, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, if society is going to change, they might as well change and become more empathetic and more of a community as a whole and realize that like, you know, we're not really individuals at the end of the day. We're, we are one, you know, like we are all together in this and this is the time for community. And, you know, we're seeing those people step up and change their perspectives and 
I don't know. I feel like that yeah. will contribute to a better world once this is all over. I mean, I hope so. I, I, I hope you're right. You know, at the very beginning of all of this, I know that I came like personally from a perspective of like, I felt kind of like personally attacked. Um, and I, you know, I wrote a blog even saying, you know, now maybe other people see what it feels like to be isolated and whatnot, and just with spinal cord injury. Yeah. And now I'm kind of looking at like, wow, maybe I need to look at what it means to have a safe home, running water, and some of the basic things that, I mean, Dan and I experienced in Cuba along, you know, when he first was injured, we didn't have any soap, no running water. So it's kind of like taking me back to that, sitting in that and, and just being really thankful that we do have food, we have water. I mean, I'm getting stir crazy myself being like, oh my God, I need a project. When's the next puzzle? Like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And this is kind of conversation that you and I keep on going back and forth with and sending each other posts about um, is how very fortunate we are. And also how fortunate we are to have all these things and not have to be on the front lines right now. And, you know, but also taking the time just to do some self-development. So, you know, going back to that self-care piece, we're giving you guys this podcast as an option to kind of look deeper within yourself to, to kind of do some work. This is a perfect time mm -hmm. for anybody who is at home right now to do some self-work on yourself. And yeah, that might mean like tuning out for about an hour, getting off your phone, just being in that silence, that meditative state. But also, you know, this can look like different ways. I think a lot of the time people, people think that self-care has to be this big splashy undertaking. And in fact, it's not. It's, it comes in small doses, you know, because it's, it's pattern making and small doses of something that, that will help you reach from um, you know, that level of where you just crash and you just feel like you're, you're so exhausted and you're about to, you know, you're, you're at a desperate place. So we want to kind of help you guys build healthy patterns. So you have a healthy mind, healthy body, healthy spirit, and that you don't crash at the end of taking care of somebody else and putting your needs, you know, behind that. Let's put this episode on a momentary pause because we want to introduce all of you to another one of our amazing sponsors, Wishart Brain and Spine Law. Led by our personal mentor and lawyer, Robin Wishart, Wishart Brain and Spine Law is a uniquely specialized law firm located in Vancouver, BC. They focus their practice on complex spinal cord injury and traumatic brain injury cases and work with clients all over North America as advocates and a much needed resource in the spinal cord injury community. Robin and her team look at their clients differently than most firms. You're not just a case. You're a person with a family, a life and a purpose. Robin and her team are always looking for ways that they can help rebuild the best life possible for their clients by finding them the support they need for the recovery. This includes assisting with insurance and benefits paperwork, finding resources for home adaptations, setting up medical appointments with doctors and specialists, and of course, making sure that their clients are doing A-OK -okay physically and mentally. Wishart Brain and Spine Law is proud to support WEGS of SCI. Robin is committing to helping clients and their family any way she can because she wants you to live a life and not a claim. Your first consultation is always free. So contact them at brainandspinelog.com and make sure you mention that the Wags of SEI sent you. 
Well, let's talk for a second about that crash, uh, because, you know, we as humans, unfortunately, we don't think anything's important until it affects us personally. So, you know, I know from experience, I was under so much stress caring for my partner for the first two years and just not paying attention to that voice. That's like, okay, you need to step back and reorganize your thoughts and do something differently for a while. And you need to incorporate more care for yourself into your life. I just brushed it off. And I was like, I can do it. I can do anything. And then after a while it adds up. And then you have that crash where it's just like your body suffers, your mind suffers. And why does that happen? That happens because when you're plugging away and stressing yourself out and not taking that time to get your, give your mind or your body a break, it just builds up in your body. And like, you know, it's well known in the world that 95% of illnesses are caused by stress. And there's a lot of doctors and scientists out there that would argue it's 100%. Because stress and the feelings of stress and being under stress and not taking that time for yourself, it's not just a, oh, I have time, it's a luxury thing, let's work on myself now. It's because you should con be continually doing this every day to keep your stress levels down and to mm -hmm. help you. Like, I mean, especially now, you know, everyone's really scared. Everyone has that, you know, pit in their stomach of fear. You know, every day when you open up your news, you see something that seems worse because that's just what the media is doing. They're reporting the worst and, and it's, it's good to be educated, but for myself, there's a line between education and creating more fear. And I think as a society, a lot of people function, especially the media, on fear. Uh, fear is what sells. Fear is what, you know, gets people panicking. And fear is what makes people listen. And it's so mm -hmm. true, you know, like being fearful, mm -hmm. it makes you listen. So it's like, when that is going on around you, and it feels like the world is crashing down, it's contributing to stress. And the more you can get away from that, not necessarily not reading the news and not informing yourself, but like switching to a, okay, there's fear all around me. There's, I'm thinking about what happens if my partner gets sick? What happens if I get sick? You know, oh my God, this is the worst case scenario. But the more you think about that, the more your body gets stressed, the more your mind gets stressed. And that's mm -hmm. when problems arise. And I mean, I've read so many studies over the years because I'm really into like just the mind body health connection. And like you read these studies that have literally pinpointed that stress can let disease in being under mm -hmm. stress and having constant body stress and stress hormones running through your body it makes it so you're more susceptible to disease so it's like a vicious cycle and mm -hmm. how do you how do you break out of that by giving yourself self-care by giving yourself time to heal yourself from within well yeah yeah no I totally agree and I mean I think you know especially before all this happened where the whole world literally went to a standstill you would hear a lot of people saying well I just don't have time right I don't have time for this I don't have time for that right oh it must be nice to do that and you know we are in a time where it's like that's kind of not even an excuse anymore um there is a lot of time right now I'm not saying for every single person out there of course this is like you know, this is just for us wags that are, are caring for people at home right now specifically. But I mean, this is 
a good practice to get into overall mm, of course. is is getting into that self-care. And I think that the world kind of stereotypes self-care as selfishness. You know, mm. they want you to believe that taking time to really like relax, to think of, of yourself, to nurture yourself can be selfish. Mm-hmm. And it's quite the opposite. It's not. And the thing about self-care is when you're caring for yourself, you typically you know, care for the people around you much better. You have clearer communication with more patience, with more love, with more understanding, um, because you're not feeling like you're crashing and you're burning, you know, and you're not feeling resentment. Mm -hmm. So again, we just want to say self-care is any activity that you do deliberately to take care of your own mental health, of your own emotional state and your own physical body. And especially during, during isolation, this can be really tough. So we want to give you guys some quick tools to get this done. So I think we should start with kind of the basics of like, you know, we were talking about this earlier today, Elena, about when you feel fearful and when you feel stressed out, really noticing that and get into the place where you're noticing how many times a day you have fear and worry pop into your head. And once you get into a place where you're actually noticing these thoughts, that's when you can deal with them better. Because a lot of us, you know, we go through the motions every day. I know I do a lot of the time where I'm, you know, going through the motions of my care, the morning routine, doing this, doing that. And I kind of lose track of paying attention to the thoughts that go into my mind. And I feel like that's kind of the first step in in creating self-care and mindfulness is recognizing what you're thinking when you're thinking it. And just that kind of like tool that you have for Mm -hmm. yourself is so helpful because then you can start saying, oh, I'm spending way too much time in my day thinking about this or thinking about that when I can control my thoughts and I can train myself into habitually thinking different thoughts. And like, I feel like, I I don't know, how many times do you have to do something before it becomes a habit, Elena? Is it seven? Yeah, I what, think what's so. the number seven ish? I I don't remember exactly, but I notice like with with myself, it's like four times, and I'm like, oh my god, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Especially like the the last couple of weeks, I'm like I'm noticing I'm like having wine every night, and so then like yesterday, I was like, hey, maybe tonight I'm not going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> moderation is key people <laughs> breaking habits yeah being mindful and like seeing patterns I mean I know I always make like wine jokes and stuff but it's true well I mean it's true if, if you if it's not in moderation and you're not doing what you want if you want to not drink wine you shouldn't drink wine right and those are the things yeah. that are like that are important to notice about yourself is like where is that coming from like do you mm-hmm. want, you know, more balance in your life? Do you not want to drink as much? It's, it's, you know, it depends on the person, but it's like noticing those thoughts and mm-hmm. then being like, okay, this is what I need to work on. It's such a perfect time for that because we are thinking so many thoughts right now. Like I well, know I am. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I mean, the, the thing with that is it's, no, knowing that you are able to stop something from happening. And so it's not just, Hey, I need to work on it, but knowing that this is your life. You have agency over your thoughts, your body and giving yourself, you know, that pat on the back being like, Hey, I actually do have control over my life that I don't need to get into this like monotonous, like habit forming. I mean, for me, it was like, Oh, everybody's sitting down at three o'clock and like having a little something. And I was like, Oh, me too. And then it's like seven o'clock comes around. I'm like, I'm so tired. I've had like two glasses of wine, but I'm so tired. So 
you know, I mean, we're, we're using wine as an example, but it could be anything with, especially with thought, you know, changing your thought patterns. Like you were saying, it's noticing where, why you're having those, but also not being critical on yourself for having, you know, deviating thought patterns that are outside of your norm and just kind of sitting with it and wondering why, instead of shaming yourself or guilting yourself. That's so true. I feel like in society, we're conditioned that, you know, generally everything in society is designed around, oh, I need to get rid of that. Oh, I'll take a pill and it'll go away. Or I'll get rid of this and I'll get rid of that. Quick and, fix. And that's, yeah. and that's not empowering at all. That's disempowering because you're mm-hmm. putting your ability to help yourself into the hands of an external substance or an external pill or external, this will help you if you pay this much for it. Um, totally. It's so empowering to just realize, okay, my first step that I'm going to take is to start noticing my thoughts. And if I notice them, I can allow them to flow through me and not be held hostage by them. You know what I mean? Because we're we're told so many times, oh, you shouldn't be thinking those thoughts. They're negative. And it's just like, Mm -hmm. okay, because we put a negative emphasis on a negative thought is why they're negative. What if you just had them as a thought and not nothing more than that, right? And I think that's a huge thing and that I know I'm working on right now personally during this time is like, okay, I want to form good, healthy habits that are doable and reasonable. And I want to pay attention to every thought that is going through my brain because like it or not, fear and worry, they don't do anything but create more fear and more worry, which is what's Mm -hmm. happening right now in the world. It's just like a snowball. Right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, very good points. Fear and worry do not serve you. There's no point. What's the point? You're just going to waste your time, right? You're just, you, if it doesn't feed more and more, you're just wasting your time. Why, why feel anxious and worried and fearful? It's out of your hands. It's out of your control. The only thing you can control is how you react to it basically. And, you know, the second part about that is you're totally right. I wonder how many people are already calling up their doctors saying, Hey, I need to go on pills for depression Mm -hmm. or anxiety, or I can't sleep. I have sleep disorders. Mm -hmm. Well, guess what? We're all going through this, uh, you know, as a unit, like some of us a lot more intensely than others. Mm -hmm. And, um, depending on your position in the world right now, you, you might be staying at home more, or you might be one of the the nurses or the doctors or, you know, going out and fighting for us. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, I, you know, and as we always say, there are secondary conditions to everything you put in your body. So, you know, I mean, we're huge advocates for make your own mind up for yourself. Mm -hmm. Don't listen to the advice of other people necessarily on your body and your mind. Only you know you the best. So, you know, and you have to take into account that most of these commercials are campaigns who, you know, that are very biased that are saying, oh, you have this and you need this. If, If you feel this way, then you must need this. Mm -hmm. You know, the thing is like, we actually a lot of the time don't need anything except for acknowledgement of our own minds and our own bodies. Mm -hmm. And there is no pill. There is no doctor. There is nobody else who can help you deal with that except for yourself. If you do the work, if you do the work. And like, the thing is, is like, you know, we're all concerned about our partners. We're all concerned about, Oh, what happens if we get sick? But at the end of the day, if you're doing everything possible, that you can do according to your lifestyle and your job and whatever, if you're doing everything possible 
to avoid this. You're already doing enough and you don't need to worry anymore because that'll just drive you crazy. And like, Mm -hmm. I know people are probably saying, oh, it's easier said than done. Yeah, it is easier said than done, but it's just something that you can work towards. And I know both Elena and I are working towards that now. Every single morning when I get up and I read the news, I have to literally tell my mind and my body to calm and chill the heck down because (laughs) I feel myself getting anxiety. I feel my body getting hot and bothered. And and then I say to myself, do I need to be feeling this way? No, this is news. This is informing myself. I don't mm-hmm. need, I don't need to play into that horror of what could happen when I should be focusing on now. And, and, mm-hmm. it, and I have to tell myself that probably 10 times a day. Yeah, see, and like, that's interesting, because I have a totally opposite response. I feel like I become quite desensitized. Um, and you and a lot of people will go either Brooks way or my way. I feel, hey, um, it's either you get really, really anxious and fearful because of like what Brooks saying, you know, you're in a vulnerable state with your partner or I become desensitized where I kind of just turn on the TV and I just kind of walk past with my coffee and I'm like, oh, yeah, here we go again. Okay, more like, you know, the death the death toll is rising. Oh, of course there are more cases. And then I just carry on with my day. And even that in itself, I'm not saying this is healthy at all, but it's like, I feel like I'm just like, you know, when we, when we are exposed to so much of, of one thing like death, it's, you know, it kind of does, it, it triggers something in your brain to become more desensitized. I know at first I, I was very fearful I was like, oh my God, people are dying. Like, this is horrible. This is horrible. And I still think this is really horrible. But I feel like my reaction to it now is a bit different. And I don't know why that is, you know? You know, what's interesting is like, that's two different types of personalities for you right there. It's like, (laughs) there's the types like me that overthink everything. And my cope, my quote unquote, coping strategy naturally without my you know, working on myself, like noticing these things, I naturally resort to anxiety and worry. I've always been that way since I was young fear, right? Mm -hmm. That's like a type of a personality where it's like you immediately start going through everything in your head, worst case scenarios, justifying them, figuring out how you can fix them. And they haven't even been you know, created yet. That's Mm -hmm. like what I do, right? So of course, when I read the news, I'll be playing into that whole fear mentality that that they're reporting back in the news. And it's like really bad, but the key is not to avoid it for me. Those Mm -hmm. type of anxious Mm -hmm. personalities, you know, some, I was talking to my mom about this yesterday and she was saying a couple of her friends are like, no, I refuse to look at this news. I update myself, you know, once a week, I don't want to know about it. I don't want to associate with it. And that's their technique for Mm -hmm. kind of preventing dealing with what they have to deal with. You know what I mean? And she was like, oh, yeah, for sure. It's just a perspective thing. It's totally a perspective thing. Cause it's like my, my mom, my mom was like, how do I tell them that that's not the case? It's like, you can't, that's just their personality. They're, they're learning at their own pace. They decide what's good for them. You can't say anything about it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, there's nothing, you know, either way is fine. They're like you said, we're just different people. And like, there are, there are going to be so many different reactions from people out there. But I wanted to say, let's keep in mind why we have these uh, natural responses, such as like anxiety and, and fear. It's because that is our way. That is the way that our brain is keeping our body safe. And I want to say one thing about that is, you can either you can either go with those feelings 
but also maybe take a moment to recognize, look around and, and look at your current position and where you are. Let's say you're in your home, in your yard, and just tell yourself, you know, I am safe. Where I am right now, I am safe. It will be okay. That's my strategy. That's mm-hmm. the way it's been. I've been really working on this for the past year, um, especially with PTSD and whatnot is, you know, that was then, this is now or even looking at the news the yes this is happening but I you know you say this isn't happening to me right in the moment I am not hospitalized my partner's not hospitalized um you know kind of going through those motions and saying that because these are natural responses and we don't want to shut them off because they are useful right and I mean in your case the way that you like you were saying you feel very anxious you're going through the thoughts in your head you have about to stop this. yourself you have to be like listen this this is, this is anxiety. I don't need mm-hmm. to feel this. I don't need to participate in this because this is just what I'm used to as a person that's always been anxious. I don't need to play into that anymore. Right. That's what but I, I mean, have to tell it, myself 10 times a day, it, literally. <laughs> well, but it also could be useful. Like, let's get real here. Um, having these thoughts is also for preventative measures. Let's say something did happen. You've already thought about it. You've already prepared yourself um, for these measures, right? So and if you're calm, you can react calmly instead of going insane. Like I remember, like I used to have no control over my feelings and emotions. I believed that my emotions were who I was and there's nothing I could do about it. This was like mm-hmm. six years ago. I, and ever since that, I've just been like, you know what? I don't want to be a prisoner to the way I'm used to feeling my whole life. I don't need to be that person. Do I want to be mm-hmm. a warrior? No, I don't. I really don't want to be a warrior. So what can I do to fix that? How can I mm-hmm. use my habits of being a warrior to make myself not a warrior? Well, noticing things and yeah. letting them pass through and realizing that it's not real if I don't want it to be real. Right? Yeah, of course. So... Just to kind of um, carry on with our podcast here, what are some good ways besides what Brooke was already saying, you know, first acknowledge the thoughts that you're having and ask yourself, is this useful? Is this not useful? Is this true? Is this not true? Am I safe? Am I not safe? You know, ask yourself some very real questions because Mm -hmm. that is that is step one. And while you acknowledge that, I you know, we both are, we're huge advocates, I want to say, of journaling. We, we both say, write it down, write these patterns down. And as you see throughout the weeks or the days, you'll be able to become more mindful of what, what you know, what's happening for yourself. Do you see a pattern within these, within these, you know, journal entries and, and you're more inclined and more able to have the tools to look to see what's happening within yourself. Well, especially those people that are, that are visual, um, visual learners, like the ones mm -hmm. that, you know, they forget things really quickly. If it just is read to them or pops into their head, they need to write it down and look at it in order to really have it stick. So, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, that's the first thing that we, the first couple of things we'd say is, you know, acknowledging your thoughts, also not judging yourself, not, not putting shame or guilt on yourself and then, um, journaling. And a lot of the time people will recommend even free flow journaling where you just sit down and just write, 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 write without really thinking and just kind of getting it out. It's almost like a verbal diarrhea, but mm-hmm. in journal form. Right. Mm-hmm. And then I know both of us, um, are huge into meditation and being mindful. So, Breathing exercises, we, if you're interested in doing some breathing exercises, you know, you hold a couple breaths in through your nose, hold a couple breaths 
and or a couple of seconds, um, and then out through your mouth. So in through your nose, out through your mouth, just kind of be in a very nice silent room or wherever you feel at peace in your house. And even taking like literally two minutes a day can make a huge change in your anxious um, thoughts and your behaviors and just kind of bring you back down to earth. And then, yeah, yeah, it's true. It's true. And like, you know, I think there's a big misconception about meditation is people think you need to be doing something in your meditation. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing is, is you really don't, you, you just need to sit in stillness and observe yourself. And it's like, that's the point of meditation is you need to get into a place where you can observe your thoughts flowing in and question yourself and also get to a place where if you can find that peaceful, I have butterflies, I feel at ease place. And if you can't get there, Mm -hmm. you can't get there. And it's totally fine. And it's doing good for yourself anyways. Because, you know, we live in a society where you think, oh, I have to do something in order to get something in return, whether it's for myself or, and when you're meditating, oh, I haven't noticed anything. There's no point. But there actually is a point because your body is de-stressing when you're in meditation mode. It's like work a workout for your brain. It's like yoga for your brain. Yeah. And I think a lot of people think like meditation is like still very like new age, like hippy dippy, only yogis can do that or guys who are out like chanting in robes or whatever. Um, I feel like, you know, especially with the transition that the earth is going through the whole energy transition that we're all going through right now. This is like a very crucial time to be able to be still and take a couple minutes for yourself just to kind of see where you are and be be present within your own state. So, you know, one of the other things that I would recommend is right now we're not really allowed to go outside in um, densely populated areas. But one of the things we always say is like hug a tree or just go sit in the grass of your yard or, you know, have a plant in your house that you're able to kind of reconnect with the earth. And, um, if you can't be outside or take care of a plant, cause that will also bring you some pretty good feelings about, you know, nature and humanity being able to care for something. Mm-hmm. So true. And I think above all else, now is a great time to install a new habit. Um, now is a great time to, Take the time that you've always wanted to and do something that you've always wanted to do. And that's another great thing for journaling and meditation is sit in your meditation or sit in front of your journal and ask yourself what you really, really want to do or be and work towards that. It can be the smallest thing, but Mm -hmm. it can also be a big goal. And it's just now is a time to work through those small and large goals, even if it's not physical, right? So Mm -hmm. Take some time in your meditation, figure out what you want. What do you identify with? What do you want to spend time doing? And then just baby steps, right? Baby steps. And just do it. Yeah. (laughs) Just do it. Take the first step, people. (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. So thank you, everybody, um, for listening to the Wags of SEA podcast. And join us next week for another episode. Yes, everyone. Um, We're going to be doing our podcast at a distance for the coming months so we apologize if the sound isn't as great we're doing the best that we can in isolation um, in separate Mm -hmm. cities so make sure you tune in next time and we are going to tackle another cool topic for you guys while you're in isolation and during this crazy time and we just want Mm -hmm. you to know that you're not alone we're here that's right in spirit that's right so (laughs) stay isolated and stay safe The advocacy and outreach group WAGS of SCI is currently a volunteer-based operation. 
We raise funds year-round to pay for date nights for our couples, essential medical supplies that our members may not be able to afford, mental health support for our WEGs, including counseling, and our amazing meetups led by our volunteer ambassadors around the globe. If you feel called to support our mission, please visit our website, wegsofsci.com, or donate directly to the WEGs of SCI GoFundMe page. We thank you for your support to help make this group possible and make a difference in the lives of SCI couples worldwide.